Well, lads, how are you? How are you getting on? Good now. More sport this morning, is it? There's a fair <laughs> bit of sport, yeah. That's the common theme on this. Sometimes we squeeze in some other stuff, but generally... OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. It's uh, 13 minutes past nine. You're watching OTBAM. I'm delighted to say we're joined in studio by Alex Denning, Motorsport Ireland Young Driver of the Year. Alex, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are you? Last time we saw you, we all had our helmets on, so you didn't recognise us. <laughs> yeah. And uh, myself and Shane and Nathan. Yeah. Is just three of us? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was competitive, but pretty sure I was the fastest. Well, Nathan begs to differ, but <laughs> you're sitting here in front of me, yeah. so I suppose you are. It was nervy. I'll tell you, the first few laps, you're thinking, "This is uh, how do these guys do this for a living?" But once you get into it, you're like, "This, it's properly addictive." Like it, you, you can sense the thrill. But um, it was an experience and a half, I have to say. When we were down there, you were waiting to find out you'd been shortlisted for the um, uh, Motorsport Ireland Young Driver of the Year, but you ended up winning it. Congratulations! Yeah, thank you very much. There was 140 candidates and. At that point, we were shortlisted down to three people, so two of the other instructors were actually working in Mandela at the time, so uh, yeah, quite a nerve-wracking time, but we had a great time with you guys down there. Like you said, it's um, it's quite a unique experience, and it's the same for us guys. Every time we get into a faster car, um, it feels surreal how fast you're going, but mm. you know, you felt it as well. After three or four laps, it just becomes normal. Until you look down at the speed on, so you're down yeah. 200 kilometres an hour. <laughs> yeah. What do you normally drive? What like what are you? What car are you driving in at the moment? What are you racing in at the moment? Uh, so I'm driving an Aston Martin GT4 car. Um, so that's a spin-off off their production road car, um, and they race against six other manufacturers in GT4 European series. Right, and so. Uh, is that a single seater? That's a no. No, so it's a sports car. So it's like a, a, any kind of supercar you'd see on the road, but they're fully fledged race car. They're built from the factory as a race car, um, so they're fully stripped out. They're on slick tires. Uh, they have a racing gearbox, etc., etc. So um, what, not only do they go fast in a straight line, but they go very fast around the corners. What speed are they going? Um, top speed about two hundred and fifty, two hundred and sixty kilometers oh an hour. Right. Yeah. And so where are you racing those? Um, so first weekend is Monza next weekend uh, or this weekend even um, and that's going to be the fastest track on the calendar so we'll be seeing them top speeds 250 kilometres an hour Temple of Speed yeah Temple yeah. of Speed yeah I've never been there but uh, last year I'd never been to any of the tracks in the UK and um, it was a it was a first time every time but you know I have a, I have a racing simulator at home that that simulates the the track and the car and it's incredibly accurate so as soon as I get there I hit the ground running you've been watching Formula 1 since you were a kid no doubt so like get going to Monza for the first time this weekend and taking a, a really fast car on the track that must be dream come true stuff absolutely yeah it's surreal and I can't, you know I have to remind myself every time I go to these tracks that how privileged I am to do it and like you know you take it back and look five years ago if I had a look at the the situation I was going to be in now, I wouldn't believe it. So yeah, it's um, it's important to remind yourself of of how lucky we are to do these things. And for sure, yeah, it's going to be surreal. You know, when I when I stand in up in the bank and in Monza for the first time. So you mentioned it's an Aston Martin car. Since we were talking to you last, I think you were signed up to the Aston Martin Academy as well, which is a, a massive massive step in your career. What what does it mean for you to 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 have that? What does it entail? Yeah, it, it means a lot. You know, so. 
Um, it entails of there's probably four or five hundred Aston Martin drivers across the world, but I'm narrowed down to to one of twenty. Um, they give us support for racing simulation, media, fitness, uh, and guide us through our career. So. The goal is to win that, and if I win that, I get factory assistance, so I'm affiliated with the brand to, to race for Aston Martin as such. Um, that came about about three weeks ago after they saw my progress. I'd, I'd won race out in Spain, uh, where I finished second in my first time out. So um, to be affiliated with a brand with such heritage is, you know, means the world to me. You've been balancing college work. Uh, in the last couple of years as well, with 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 driving, like how do you how do you even manage that? Because it seems like such a discipline, driving that is uh, that you need f- to be fully invested in it. You need to be fully concentrated on it. So it must have been quite a a challenge, I guess, to be. <laughs> I guess thinking of other things as well. Well, yeah, I'm, cl- I'm glad it's over at the moment. Yeah, I'm graduated now, so all I have to I have to worry about is is my motor racing. But yeah, for sure, it was it was a massive balancing act. Um. I had my first race last year, which we were contemplating not even doing because of my final year exams the week afterwards. So um, I had practice on the Thursday. I was studying on the Friday, back to racing on the Saturday or on Sunday. But I always find you can make time for these things. You know, when when you don't have anything to do, you end up doing nothing. And then when you have lots to do, you actually end up doing so much more. Uh, so it was just about balancing things, and I found that you know, I was able to balance it quite nicely and I was able to get my degree whilst also finishing quite highly in the racing. I remember talking to like the likes of Alex Stone even down at Mondello before and, and it, it it often comes the racing gene that way. Like your family is steeped in racing completely. Parents, you've grandparents, aunties, uncles, literally you were never going to be doing anything else. No. It was yeah, it was fully ingrained as in, in me as a child. Um, I've been racing for nearly 16 years now. Uh, most people look at me and say, you, you hardly even look 16. How the hell are you racing 16 years? But uh, I started back uh, in 2007 racing carts. Uh, at that stage, my both my parents were racing against each other. Um, my my grandfather used to race. Uh, my aunt, Two of my aunties used to race. My uncle. What were they all driving? All the same type of car, or uh, di- different different cars. Uh, my dad raced in Clio Cup and Fiat Punto Abarth. He was a five time champion, so he was he was the most successful out of them all. But yeah, mainly tin top saloons, mainly in Ireland. Um, so yeah, there was never never any time that we expected to be doing anything else. Did you see, your parents used to race against each other. <laughs> yeah, is that how they met? Say again? Is that how they met? They met through racing? No, no, they met, they met separately to that, but um, I think um, my mum got the bug off my dad, and there's actually some photographs of uh, my mum running into my dad, so uh, <laughs> they came to blows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so tell us, about you, you start out as a, a carter. What's the progress? Like, how do you keep going? And, and um, ultimately what is there a specific aim like is is formula one the dream is that a realistic dream how do you get there what's the staging post along the way or are there other loads of other things you could do be like yeah that's a brilliant career for me yeah there's many spin-offs you can do at a race and i've i've chose the gt route in particular because nowadays it's extremely difficult uh to race for formula one as many people know you know you need you need luck you need skill you need contacts and you need a lot of money um so the GT route was a was a more realistic route, and there's a lot more opportunities there. Um, and as you said, like 
you know, people, I started racing carts at eight. You can actually start racing carts at five now. So you've little kids coming in this height that are doing 70 kilometers an hour. I still can't comprehend it. But, uh, yeah, when I was growing up karting, it was it was... It was always a you know a way of life, but it was only when I got to the age of eighteen where I was I was winning carts at a national level that I said you know there could be a career path in this. And when I when I won the Fiesta ST Championship in Ireland and beat everyone else in Ireland, I knew that there was a strong chance that I could make a career out of this. So, and so what's the step up from there? To talk us through that kind of so you go from the Fiesta in Ireland. How do you where do you go next? Yeah, so uh, I won the Fiesta ST Championship in Ireland, um, and then I went to the UK to the Mini JCW Championship, which is one of the most prestigious championships underneath the British Touring Cars. So, um, and so JCW, what cars? What cars? It's, are you talking a, it's a Mini JCW, so it's their their fastest uh, road car, which is yeah, it doesn't resemble much of the road car after a while, but. Um, that was last year and they're a very tricky car to drive even more so than the Aston Martin and I had seven wins in that and finished second overall in the championship so yeah that gave me a strong confidence boost and, and I've now made the move into Europe Right and how do you go from the England success is there an agent along the way who's working on behalf of the team who's saying here come and try out for this and and it's is there like a one is that race in Spain basically uh, if you do well here you know sounds like a lot of pressure on that one event or was it kind of preordained in advance of that like just don't screw this up and you'll be grand how does that work <laughs> there's a lot of questions there um, yeah so a lot of people have managers who um, who you know carve the path for them I've always chose to do my own thing um, because I always have my own beliefs perfectly aligned but um, yeah I, I picked the route out for myself uh, you spoke about pressure there. I I always just think of one race ahead, never think of the bigger picture. You know, I obviously obviously have a a three year plan, but um, yeah, I just try to do the best job as as I go along. But yeah, I always I always think of what's what's best for me at that time. Where do I want to be, and what can give me the best platform to to get there? And how do Aston Martin get interested on the back of the minis? What's that process? Well, it was it, that was all that was all preempted by myself. So I said, you know, I want to be an Aston Martin factory driver, um, and and what's going to get me there? And the answer was GT4. Okay. So after I did one race completely um, organized by myself, that's what arose the interest from Aston Martin themselves. Okay. It's funny that we had James Rowe in studio because they're driver obviously over in Indy now in America, but he he's almost like a businessman. You talk about the sponsorship and the difficulty in raising sponsorship and awareness and doing interviews. I guess is one way as well of uh, you know getting the media interest in your own profile. But you're almost like a businessman as well because like James was telling us he was <coughs> going over to, to meetings in America and sitting in conference rooms and chatting to people and trying to drum up. So you're 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 a driver in one in one element, but you're also essentially a business person yeah well like you say it's it's uh it's selling yourself um you know we don't get on the grid by by sitting back the driving of the car is just one small piece of the jigsaw um so you know it's far in excess of six figures to go motor racing for the year at this level and um i, f- I fund the the whole campaign through sponsorship uh like you guys touched on earlier I won the Motorsport Ireland Young Driver of the Year award for 50,000 euros um, and but still I had to come up with a lot more and you know I, I reach out to contacts I reach out to business and corporations who, who might be interested in it and I have to sell 
my entity and what I can offer to businesses to expose their brand to get me on the grid to go racing. Do you ever feel pressure? Because like you're, you mentioned that you look 16. You're not quite 16. You're, you're 23 now, is it? Yeah, 23. So, and even when I'm speaking to Alex Dunn and, and James Rowe and these lads, you all have an aura. There's a, there's a confidence. It's not quite an arrogance, but it's a, a sense of your own self and, and belief in what, what, what you do. So I wonder, do you ever feel pressure? No. Never? No. I um, like, I, like I touched on earlier, I, I always try to just think of the next race. Uh, you can get very caught up if you're going for a championship. Oh, what am I going to do in a year? You know, worry. Uh, and it's the same when you're raising a budget to go racing. You know, if you think about the bigger picture, you go, geez, how, how the hell am I going to raise all that money? How am I going to win the races? I'm up against this fella and this fella. Um, you just have to bring it back and believe in what you've done and 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 you know just take you can't take no for an answer just look forward to where you want to be and and you and you'll get there go on i was going to ask about the specifics then of the season so monza this week yeah uh, how many races are in that season uh so there's six weekends um spread across from april to october and we have two races per weekend so it's uh, each race is an hour long we swap over we share the drive with another driver so it's half an hour each and uh, two two races per weekend ok and are you guaranteed to be in the car for the whole season or is it like uh, provi- provided the other driver doesn't crash yes um, but yeah I've I've signed for the full season ok and are you in the car on your own for that yeah you're in you're in the car on your own but you, then you do a pit stop to okay. uh, to to share an endurance race. Okay right. And uh how do you how do you measure your success versus everybody else's distance traveled in that half hour? Yeah so it's uh, over the hour race it's whoever completes the most amount of laps in the least amount of time so Right. Um you know it is it is a balancing act because there's someone else sharing the drive but uh, Aston Martin have all sorts of metrics that can disentangle your performance from the other driver's performance or even if the Aston Martins are slightly slower than another car you know they can disentangle all that they've more metrics than I can possibly think of but uh, yeah you have to focus on your performance as well as the other driver's performance because it's a team event and um, you know, if you go out and burn out the tires within the half an hour and give the car to him with no tires, then you're not going to win the race. So yeah, it's it's a team event. There'll be a little bit of tension after that. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I imagine. Yeah. Absolutely. And so that's the the plan for the next five six months is kind of entirely focused on that. How do you prepare physically for that? Then what's the like? What's your uh, physical regimen like? And how intense is that half an hour on the body? Yeah, it's massively intense. I I underestimated going going to Spain earlier in the year. It's a, bit, a big jump up from the minis. Um, so like you've over three G's of G force and everything is based out of your core, your arms, your neck, and your back. So um, I've do, I've done a lot of physical preparation since I I run, go to the gym. Uh, yeah, so I'm a sponsored gym membership as well, which helps massively. And yeah, I I normally do mountain biking. Uh, I had a mountain biking crash two weeks ago, so Jeez. I'm gonna stay off the mountain bike for the year. The, the heat as well like I, I got out of that car at Mondello Park that day on a normal day in Ireland like drenched in sweat and I, we, we were in our own civvies like but I mean you've been racing in 37 degree heat like you mentioned yeah. Spain and all these places like that must be with all the gear on and the helmet and everything just physically arduous oh it's massive you know you have uh, you have your helmet on you have balaclava you have underlayers you have the suit 
and well luckily this year we have aircon but <laughs> we've never had aircon before so like you said last year 37 degree heat and snatted him with all the fireproof suit on you don't really think about it on at the time it's it's when the race finishes and you can actually unwind and relax that you you feel like you're going to collapse can you drink water during the race or yeah we can now so in in GT racing and endurance racing there's a drink system in the car um, right. but again that gets that, that also gets hot when it's you know it can be 60 70 degrees in heat in the car so um I tried to do some heated spinning classes and some physical work, even in the sauna, to to prepare for the heats. Hot yoga is your is your only yeah. man. Yeah. And um, so, what does success look like then over the next four or five months? Is, do you have to win races in the Aston Martin? Is that what the expectation is? Uh, my aim is to be at the front of the Astons. Like I said, there 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 can be a difference in the performance across different manufacturers. So my aim is to be at the front of the Aston Martins. And if that so happens to be the front of the overall grid, absolutely fantastic. And sorry, you said there were six other teams, is that right? So there's six other different cars. So right. there's Audi, Mercedes, Porsche, McLaren, uh, Toyota, Aston Martin and Chevrolet. So And how many Aston Martins are there in the race? There's going to be 16 Aston Martins. Okay. But 52 cars. So. 52 cars? At any cars. one time on the on the track. At one time on the Holy track. Holy shit, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah, a, <laughs> a lot. lot of traffic. Yeah, I've I've never raced against that many people. I, I didn't believe it when I first heard it. But and is there overtaking in that half hour? Or <laughs> yeah. there is, right? Yeah. Well, hopefully, if we're if we're out the front, we won't need to do any overtaking. Wow. Okay. That's. Well, yeah, fifty-two cars down into turn one in Monza is going to be interesting to say. How the do you simulate that? Because like, no matter how good your simulator at home is, it's not quite. Can it manage fifty-two cars in the race? Yeah, you can. Uh, you, you could do online races. I've, I've I've done online races against Max Verstappen, uh, even Fernando Alonso, um, where you can have twenty, thirty cars, on it, and it's the same principle. You're racing against real guys on on real tracks. Right. And does that feel real? Does it feel? Yeah, it does. Close yeah, it, yeah, it is very. It's exact same principles. You know, if you race someone a certain way or make certain mistakes you'll have the same um, same consequences. So, yeah, it is quite close. But uh, like you said, it's the best thing is, is to do the real thing and, and do real races, and the only way you can do that is experience over the years. Right. Uh, Alex, we had the, the terrible news last week of Craig Breen's uh, death over in Croatia, and we had Art McCarrick from, from Motorsport Ireland on paying tribute to him. and um, it, Just an unimaginably difficult time for him, for his family and for his friends, but such a blow to the Irish motorsport family as well because he was someone who seemed very very well liked such a talented driver and someone you knew as well yes it is it's it's absolutely surreal uh, I still can't really comprehend what, what has happened um, when I when I started racing back in 2008 he was he was my mechanic for my first year of karting and even when I won the Young Driver of the Year award he came out to celebrate so uh, massive blow to me but especially to his close friends and his family and James and and everyone, it's just surreal. It was a freak accident uh, and very unfortunate. A huge blow to the, the Irish motoring community. That's something that Art touched on as well last week. He talked about the fact that Craig used to come back and always race in Ireland and he always remembered where he came from and, and, and he was a world-class driver but but always was keen to come back and, and give back. And even the fact that you say he came back and helped celebrate your award as well, it speaks volumes of the man. Yeah, absolutely. He He did... Even two days before he passed, he was he was back down in Galway to his roots, 
bringing young talent into the sport and mentoring and tutoring them so I couldn't speak higher of the man and it's just a massive blow to, to everyone in Irish motor racing and yeah condolence to his close family and friends yeah indeed we wish you the very best of luck with the year Alex thanks a million for joining Thank us very today. much Jared. Thank Thank Shane. it's uh, Alex Denning Motorsport Ireland young driver of the year and uh, hopefully future star OTB AM with Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition available now